Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of RealCom Live. Um, it is going to be a great show for a number of reasons. Um, as you know, we dig for the cutting edge, leading edge topics and try to keep uh, everybody abreast on this technology world uh, on a weekly basis. But th this week and last, we are kind of devoting our time to celebrating leaders. Um, and, and it's easy to say people are leaders. Uh, and it's quite another for those people to deliver. And, and leadership has many different attributes. But what I consider a leader is somebody who puts in not just the regular time, but extra time. But most importantly, I think a leader is somebody who's willing to put themselves to the side and really work for the benefit of other, whether that be an organization or whether that be a community uh, or an industry. And so uh, last week we celebrated the uh, RealCom um, Digi winners, the digital impact, uh, our highest level award, that is to a people, a person that has designated throughout their, or demonstrated throughout their whole career, the willingness to go the extra length and to share it. This week, we're going to focus on IBCon, the, the smart building side of our conversation. And we've got two phenomenal people uh, who received the Julie Devine Digital Impact Award for IBCon. Uh, Clayton Ulrich, SVP, Corporate Operations and Engineering Services at Heinz. And Kathy Farrington, Global Head Lead for Digital Buildings Program and IoT Manager at Google. And then to round out the conversation, we're going to bring in Mark Petock, the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for LinkSprings, who was supposed to be on last week's show. But unfortunately, because of his devotion, was on an airplane after a canceled flight. And we said, well, we got to hear from Mark, who received the Lifetime Achievement Award, which is our highest level. We instituted that in 2020. And that comes with at least 20 years of service, uh, incredible amount of ups and downs, re resilience, res uh, um, and just a, a tenacity to succeed and help the industry. And uh, we don't give that one out lightly. And uh, Mark's going to join us as well. So let's bring on our, our guests and uh, start our conversation. Hello, everyone. How are you? Great. Great. How are you, Jim? Good. And so, Kathy, we have coming in from London. We've got Clayton coming in from Houston and Mark from Virginia, correct? Correct. Correct. The wonders of technology. <laughs> it, it, it is amazing how this thing called video conferencing has been around probably for 30 years. It was the first time I went to an AT&T video conferencing center and we kept doing this to see if the, 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 the delay was such that it wouldn't become annoying to the point where we can now click buttons and be together. So it is really good to have all three of you. Um, so what I want to do is, is kind of try to get to the DNA of leadership because leadership is what uh, we base our digital impact awards on. Um, these are not for projects. These are not technologies. These are not for companies. These are for people. And, and I know you're all humble enough to not cast yourself as, as visionary thought leaders, but we and the industry think you are. Um, but let's start with Clayton. Clayton, um, you know, as far as, you know, leadership, what are some attributes that you would say um, contribute to somebody being a true leader uh, and, and, and helping an organization or an industry move from a comfort zone to a new level? You know, the, the first thing to me, Jim, is, is their commitment to the people around them. You know, I find that similar to a father, I, I get a lot more satisfaction I see in my son and, and daughter and grandson's success. And so I, I think if the people around us are being successful, we'll be successful with them. But I think if we can help them be successful, it's it's got much larger of effect than just ourselves being successful. And so 
And then the other thing is I think you have to lead by example. I think, I think they have to see us doing it and being willing to do it and try it uh, as encouragement to them. So, and then I also think you have to be communicative. You have to be willing to engage in conversations and have leadership thoughts. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, it boils down to mathematics. I mean, you know, one person self-absorbed, focusing only on themselves has X result, but imagine that person giving back energy to the collective uh, and, and then at ri all boats rising together, it's exponential, uh, I think. That, that's the way I've always looked at leadership. Kathy, how about you? I mean, you got a big job to fill at Google on the Smart Buildings Program, and that's a big ship, even though it's a technical you know, organization, the real estate side is still a pretty stoic, traditional industry. Um, what kind of leadership skills do you see necessary to, to move big time and, 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 and move in big directions? Um, so for me, I think it's uh, bringing the best out of people. Uh, so understanding the skills and the different ways people need to be engaged to be able to, um, you know, get the best out of them. Um, staying in touch with the industry. So, you know, not uh, there's so much changing so rapidly. So staying in touch and, and seeing what's happening um, at all times. Um, not being afraid to push boundaries and kind of see where things are and by doing this, always consider sort of the tactical, the uh, short, uh, the medium term and the long term. So you, you can't just work on any one of the three. You have to work on all three at once and being able to show that and, and show progress against all of those, I think really helps inspire people um, to to want to be and want to move towards uh, the same direction. Uh, Mark, going to you, um, I mean, I don't think I've met, ever met somebody who's been on an airplane more than you. I mean, um, literally, I think I've known you about 17 years now, feels maybe even more. And and you have just been like the little ever ready bunny. Just tell me where I need to go. Tell me how I can help. And I'm going there. Um, where, where did that come from? You know, I think it, you know, it, it starts with an interest in the industry and then having the passion and the spirit to help motivate you. And I think that's where it truly has come for me. And then the fascination, it, it all starts back when, back in late, uh, it was 1999, early 2000, I was working with a client out on the West Coast. And he says, you know, I'm gonna make a prediction to you. Can you imagine if all the machines that we have that run things, no mention to buildings, could communicate and work with one another what kind of world would that be and right from there that's it i was you you had me hook line and sinker and then yeah. within that it's now all right where where's my interest was buildings and facilities and so that that was that's where i was at it's so funny because i remember having a conversation with alonzo car and he said he was walking down a street i believe in new york and he just looked up at that building and he said what can I get out of you? What can you tell me? What can what can I do to make you better for all the people who spend a good part of their life? And everybody usually does have that that point. So so let's go back to Clayton. Clayton, what was that first time you realized technology had a role in the in the operation and the experience uh, of a building? You know, Jim, the the very first time was when we actually started making the transition from a simple time clock and pneumatics and started controlling buildings from a, back then a CRT. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't You're going work. way back, yeah, you're going back, yeah. Well, well, I, you know, at 24 years old, I was starting up that building and, wow. and it became obvious it, it wasn't 
clearly what we're doing today, but it was the start. And it was the first time I had to turn a building on and off with my fingers and keys <laughs> as opposed to going and moving pins on a clock. Right. Uh, and it's been a constant journey. And I, I went to one of Realcom's very first shows and, and I kind of then unplugged a little bit because it, it was really back then about the technology to support business processes, what I'll loosely call business technology. Correct. I've been, Absolutely correct. I've been monitoring it and then seeing when Realcom expanded and, and added Ibicon and seeing you and Howard recognize it and, and treat it special said, okay, now I really got to pay attention because we're finally going to start the real track to a smart building. That's not just talk about a smart building, but it's delivery of a smart building. And it, I think it's serving everyone that's doing that well, because it, it's coming, it's coming as part of the carbon, it's coming part of the occupant uh, influence. We need buildings to be better places, but we also need them to be more efficient places. Yeah, I, I mean, if you think about that evolution, that that, that IBCon, the 2011-ish timeframe, part of our journey was 2004, Singapore, where we saw an engineer, not a traditional building engineer, automate that building to such an extent that the, the owner or the operator said, you know, when, when the doorbell rings, the toilet brush flushes, right? I mean, they, it was all integrated. So we started going around the world and then that led to the IBCon discussion, which got more and more real, but your timing is, is absolutely accurate. Kathy, as a female in the industry, you know, engineers in the tech world are not as prevalent and in the building environment, even less. And here it is that you now had a build, you know, Google smart building program. Where was your point in time when you said, aha, this is interesting? Um, so for me, so I was doing a electrical building services um, design. So um, lighting control, lighting, metering, switchboards and other things. And I got a project that was intelligent transport systems. Um, and as, as part of that project, you couldn't really design it the way we design buildings where everything was separate. You had to have it integrated because we're talking hundreds of kilometers or hundreds of miles um, of distances. And so suddenly I had to bring everything onto a common network and we had to start talking about and thinking things together. Um, and that naturally moved me onto the space and, and you know, trying to understand why we were doing things differently in buildings and why were we, uh, why was everything separate and not um, speaking to each other? And uh, yes, that naturally brought me into smart buildings and starting to, to get passionate and interested. So what in year it. was that? What year was that that you got uh, bit? 2009, really. Wow. wow. And did you have a, a background in technology um, coming out of university? Yeah, electrical engineering. Electrical engineering. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's wonderful. And um, we are, the good news is we are seeing more and more women in the industry, more and more women going into engineering in general and from that pool. But but despite that, there's a overall shortage, men and women who, who have the skills to run these buildings that are going to be, you know, we're going to be seeing in the future. So um, it, it, you're inspiring, not just as a general person in the industry, but also the women who, who see opportunities in our industry. So um mark now you did win the digital uh, the lifetime achievement award which means you've been doing this for at least 20 years and clayton actually probably has you beat a little bit as far as time permitted but um you know where did you get bit you know i mean uh, the the very first time you said i know you just shared a little bit of that story but was that was that the time you said i'm going to spend my career doing this no i think uh you know once i got that little bite I did some investigative work and saying, all right, this is kind of interesting. Spoke to a few uh, folks in the built environment, some engineers, some consulting folks and whatever. And just from there, it says, you know, 
this isn't your everyday, this isn't your father's Oldsmobile to put it to many, some of us who can remember that brand right. on the call and go, this is something I really want to do. It combines technology, it combines operations, it combines performance. And for me, because of my background in business, business outcomes, business driving outcomes. business outcomes. So I, 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 I've heard you say that a million times and I know people hear it, but I'm not sure they listen because I still hear too many conversations about the technology, which of course are important, but if there's no business reason to do it, then why are we doing it, right? So before the break, we got about two minutes before the break, in about 30 to 45 seconds each, we'll start with Kathy. Kathy, why do we do this? Why is it important to look at buildings in a new way and use technology to, to create a different environment? What drives you, you know, every day to get up and say, I'm going to keep doing this? I think it's about um, uh, trying to fix uh, a problem where there's a lot of waste happening, um, whether that's energy or not being able to use space properly um, and really being able to drive um, energy efficiency and drive space and user experience in a way. And we've actually got a lot of the technology already existing in our building. We're just not using it to its full purpose. Uh, and, and for me, that is just something that I'd love to fix and love to be able to, to use to its full potential. Now, and, and Google's been known to be out there on the leading edge. I remember the movie, The Intern, um, you know, where they, they came in and the other slide and all the new experiences and you kind of made free food a thing in, in, the, in the corporate environment. Are you working on stuff that's going to amaze us again? I mean, are you really looking at the future and saying we got to rethink this again? Not sure I can answer that question. Um, okay. Yes, there's been uh, yeah, there's some articles uh, being published about the future of work and some of the work we're doing um, in that space. Okay, cool. Um, Clayton, how about you? What, what's the main reason you keep pursuing this technology side of the real estate story? You know, Jim, I think each of us on the call today are committed to being our best. And we have each in a different way found a place to work that aligns with our commitment to be our best. And Heinz wants to be an industry leader, is committed to be an industry leader, and our product is buildings and places for people. And and so this is business opportunity, but it's essential. You know, the work people the people that work and their work habits are changing, the places they want to work are changing. And you know, candidly, things that don't change die. And so it's us in our pursuit. It's it's myself and Heinz pursuing the opportunities in front of us to be our best. And Mark, how about you? What's what's the driver today that, that gets you up every morning continuing to be excited about what you do? I I know we collectively as an industry, what we are doing, our technologies, what we're doing is real and it is producing return on investment for people. It's not just hip and hype. And uh, so that really is what really drives me. Our industry truly is amazing when you think about it and the outcomes. I keep going back to that of what we're able to do and create buildings to do the occupant experience as Kathy mentioned or the operational side and so forth and so on. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, again, from a mathematical standpoint, look at your day, 24 hours in a day, the amount of hours, percent of that day that you spend indoors inside some type of a building. 90%, they say, you know. Pretty significant. Point. Yeah. Pretty, so that air better be clean, the lights better be right, the temperature better be comfortable, 
the ex access to information. You know, I've, I've still been in many buildings where the Wi-Fi or, or cell phones don't work because the coverage isn't good. I mean, it's just not acceptable anymore, right? So, so if you consider that we're in buildings, call it 90% of the day, um, they're important to get it done right. And, and unfortunately, not everybody does. Uh, and that's why having people like you on this call, and that's the reason you, you get the awards because you constantly push. All right, so let's take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some of the advice that our, our senior leaders uh, who are now getting recognition for all their hard work would offer to uh, a 25-year-old uh, coming into the industry. So let's hear from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back. All right, let's get back to our great conversation and um, get on to um, the important question of what advice. So, so you are all seasoned, successful professionals. Um, before we go to the question of what would you say to you know the 25 year old coming into the industry i do want to touch a little bit about the importance of recognition right because a lot of times companies don't recognize everybody for the great work they're doing and people you know spend 20 30 years you know just kicking it every single day um and, and maybe get a watch into their career why let's start with clayton why is it so important to take a little time out and recognize people for the hard work that they do you know jim recognition encourages everybody no one gets enough of it candidly and i also feel that recognizing people by a group such as realcom you and howard and your team also points out to people who the leaders are and you know it's amazing how open and communicative this group this this industry group is and so it helps new people to the group know who they can gravitate to and they'll always find a willingness to engage and have conversation as if as if they work for the same company and they weren't competitors and so i think i think it does a lot of things i think it encourages leaders and it gives them a little boost of energy to keep going but it also right. helps new people to the industry know who to talk and seek and reach out to and engage with yeah i mean th that you hit it spot on i mean more, more people need recognition. And sometimes it is that recognition that gives them another breath of air to go the next inning, you know, because this has not been an easy industry to change. And I'll, as I asked Kathy the same question, kind of irony, uh, in 2001, we gave a Digi Award to this little unknown company that was on the verge of bankruptcy called Keyhole. And Kathy, I don't know if you know the story, but Realcom introduced Google Earth to the world. And, and if you go up to Google and type in Google Earth and the little you know, summary comes up the side, I think it's June 11th, 2001, that was the date of Realcom. And, and in the book, Never Lost Again, the story of Google Maps, um, they actually recognize Realcom as the place that John Hankey got his second, because they were done. I mean, he, he was struggling to make payroll. We put him on that stage and everybody went, ooh, ah, and you know, the rest was history. So. I, I, I agree. I think everybody needs more recognition. And um, uh, I'm just grateful to, to be able to have an organization that can, can do a little bit of that. So, Kathy, why do you is the recognition important that we give back to other folks? Um, so I don't think there's a downside in investing in people. And, and um, you know, so I think being able to recognize people is, is hugely important. But for this industry in particular, and, and similar to the story you just said, it's, it's all about visibility. 
it's a it's a little known industry. Not many people come out of university saying I'm going to go into smart buildings or prop tech. Um, you know, there's there's people we need in software and data analytics, in hardware and you know um, control systems, um, and and we need people to realize that it's an exciting and um, inspiring industry that people will do have fun in and we can do really exciting things and unless you know we get out there and show recognition and the visibility um then that's not going to happen yeah no very very good point it's um i i i don't think i've ever met somebody who's gone to university to in, to get into the real estate technology field that we we come from different places but i do think we're starting to take a little bit more hold uh, because of the folks like you who are getting recognized and a little bit more exposure to let everybody know it is a fun industry and there's a lot at stake. You know. um, Mark, how about you? I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, definitely echo what Clayton and Kathy had, has already mentioned, but I see it also as a way to say, you know, people are doing things in this industry. I want to be like them or what did they do? What are they doing? And, you know, one of the things I've noticed over the years, and I've been fortunate enough to be recognized in a few different places, is I get the opportunity to also share when in conversation all the bruises I have from doing this for all these years. And I'm telling you, the bruises, you know, there's plenty of them, folks. Believe me, there's plenty of bruises. And so people get a, a realistic view of the industry, and again, everything is not hunky-dory every day, but the excitement, the technology, and what we do really outweighs all the, the bruises that all of us have, have experienced over our years in this. I'm hearing a reoccurring theme that, you know, when you get knocked down, it sure is nice to have somebody there to help you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and just when you're ready to quit, you might get a digi and say, all right, I'll give it a couple more years. <laughs> I, I, I remember a couple of times in our journey that we were just running out of steam. Nobody wanted to talk about these things called smart buildings. And then a little company like Microsoft and GSA Public Building Services came into the conversation and just brought a whole bunch of fresh air. Uh, that kept the next generation of that conversation going. All right, so uh, we're almost out of time. 30 seconds, start with Kathy. What would you say to a 25-year-old? What do they need to do so 15 years from 25 in their mid-30s, late 40s, they're getting recognized at this level? What do you say to them? What, what's, what's the advice? Um, I think the the advice would be to try and understand the big picture end-to-end. -end. Um, smart buildings isn't just about technology or about any type of specific technology. It's about people. It's about places, things, and, and how we can all work together to achieve um, goals. So that's what I would say is try and understand the big picture and, and all the aspects of it before you jump too deeply into any one area. Well, and you think about it, smart room, smart building, smart campus, smart city, smart country, smart world. I mean as we become more digital, this starts at a building, but that's not where it stops. Absolutely. There, there's a very big picture. Mark, how about you? What, what, what advice? So I'd say for our industry, we are just at the tipping point. There's a lot more to happen. There's a lot more that's going to. And again, jump in, join, the, join us, join this crowd. It's lots of new opportunities. And more importantly, the conversations continually change from one week to the next. And, you know, be part of that conversation. 
Yeah, perfect. Clayton? You know, Jim, this, this industry, this movement has substance and it's sustainable. And if you don't believe that, look at the amount of billions of dollars going into property technologies. And so it's a career that you can have your whole career. It's, you're not going to have to change careers if you get in this. And on top of that, it's, I would just remind somebody 25 years old to realize there's no one in the world that's going to live with their career decisions longer than them. Exactly. And so manage your career, find something you love to do. And it, 50 years will go by and you won't realize you've been working. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're, that is so crazy. I don't consider that I've ever had a job. I've had a career that I've really enjoyed. Uh, I never looked at it a job. My, my 15 seconds would be relating to my own career was find something that you're curious about, right? Because curiosity is good. Um, find something that you can uh, have an impact in. You know, I mean, what's a big impact? A built environment is huge, right? Uh, so the impact is big. And last, the challenge. I always like big, big problems, big puzzles. So if you're trying to fix big problems, whether it's from the sustainability standpoint of energy and you know, carbon or from the efficiency or less, like I said earlier, the fact that we spend 90% of our lives inside buildings, uh, a pretty good place where you can have some impact. You know? So, all right, well, unfortunately we are out of time. I am so uh, grateful for the, you folks to find this time on a Friday morning, afternoon, depending upon where you are to join us and to share your thoughts with the audience. and. Uh, uh, I can't say thank you enough, uh, not just for today, but for everything you've done for the RealCom and IBCon community. Hey, Jim, before we sign off, can I just take a minute to thank RealCom and IBCon for what they're doing for the industry? We sure. need, we need yes. you, and you're making a difference, and we wouldn't be where we are without you and your team, and you got an exceptional team. And on behalf of everybody that I know, thank you. Well, you, yeah, it's, um, we appreciate that. We kind of like to stay off to the side and just do our thing. But just like we're talking about every once in a while, it's nice to get a little recognition and a little, a little, a little nudge. So thank you for that. It means a lot, especially coming from you and, um, uh, Ditto. All right. Dit yeah. Ditto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, all, all. And, um, I'm sure we're going to be in touch. Lots going on. And, uh, 2022 is right in front of us and, uh, we got work to do. So, Thanks again. And if I don't chat with you, I'll have a great holiday season and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Thank you. Everybody have a great day. Thank you. you Pretty well. It. Thank you. All right. With that, we're going to bring Howard Berger in and he's going to give us uh, some highlights of the news this week. Actually, lots going on despite the holiday season. So, Howard, um, I'm going to have you take it over and let us know what the heck's going on in the real estate technology world. Oh, thanks, Jim. And thank you, Kathy Clayton and Mark. Great show. I, I just, I mirror, uh, you know, the sentiments that I want to honor you all for your thoughtful leadership, your tenacity, and all your efforts in helping RealCom educate our community. So for, I'm going to go right into a few highlights of the news items from our weekly re, uh, news briefing that we release every Thursday about 11 a.m. Pacific. So our lead story comes from David Gazek, CEO of Gazek Consulting, and it's entitled, the great resignation, the impact on real estate occupancy, important. For years now, we've been watching valued, productive employees quit their jobs, invest in themselves rather than face burnout from work, overwork, lack of support, recognition, lack of connection and share values, underpay, limited no job flexibility. The pandemic only added fuel to the fire. It proved out that working from home can work, and this exacerbated a profound symptom of a multi-generational shift 
in attitudes about work. So the combination of these two factors create a whole new set of issues, not only for tenants, we're trying to figure out their workplace strategies, but also for the landlords planning their portfolio and asset strategies. So I encourage you to read great article. Thanks, David. Uh, Car Properties, excuse me, just announced that they become the first commercial real estate owner to make a portfolio-wide commitment to indoor air quality monitoring. And after much comprehensive testing and on-site analysis, Car has chosen Senseware, which is a customizable indoor air quality IoT platform to install in their properties. You may recall at the RealCom conference last month, we collaborated with Car to produce an indoor air quality lab with a number of IAQ technologies and also awarded Car Best Use of Digi Automation uh, Digi Award for their extraordinary application of tech and innovation. Great work, Car. Next, shout out to this week's tech partner, MRI. Uh, and this is from Chuck McDowell. Uh, an MRI software, we have an article entitled 2022, the year of the experiential office. And, you know, we, we mainly hear uh, experiential in the context of like sports and entertainment and retail hospitality. Now office developers and corporate occupiers, they're thinking about a similar brick and mortar experience strategy, uh, strategy and most have significant tech components. So like fewer ping pong tables and baristas, more focus on healthy environments, frictionless security and workplace amenities. Great read, uh, encourage you to take a look at it. Thanks, Chuck. Um, on the strategic partnership front, VIEW, one of the industry's pioneers in, in electrochromatic glass, they announced this week that they've entered into a strategic agreement with RxR Realty out of New York to combine RxR's WorksWell data analytics platform into its broader technology stack. Now this is gonna provide VIEW with an end-to-end -end solution and a product stack that brings together sensors and data from VIEW and other third parties into a unified platform to respond to changing trends like health, wellness, and sustainability. And this transaction follows VIEW's recent acquisition this year of IODIUM, a leading provider of secure cloud-managed software-defined IoT networks. Interesting acquisition strategy. More on this a little later. Uh, and finally, from our uh, tech partner, Locati. Uh, the Locati folks are always diving deeper into industry trends, and they recently republished uh, a white paper called No Guts, No Glory. Uh, and this explores flexible workspace and why we need good data to inform workplace strategies. And, and in a recent survey, it was no surprise, they also found that 85% of respondents are gonna be moving to hybrid within two, uh, with two to three days of remote work or full flexibility entirely. Now, the problem is it's hard to plan space not knowing how many folks are going to be in the office at any given time and how they'll be using the space, making the type of location data that Logati uh, provides all the more important. Um, I'm, I'm out of time. That's it for me today. So check our weekly briefing and I won't see you next week. Lisa will be doing the news. I'll be on vacation, uh, but I wish you all a happy holidays and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, and Howard, thank you for that. Yeah, what I'm kind of gleaning, kind of watching the weekly news brief, uh, you know, over the last couple months, stories that keep bubbling up to me are the M&A activity. I mean, all these new companies that started and all these established companies, I mean, we've seen a lot of movement in the partnering and the acquisition of, uh, and, and it's kind of going to be interesting over the next six to 12 months to see as these companies buy different components of the smart building you know, story, you know, what does a year from now look like? Who are, who's aggregating, who, which story's gotten bigger and better? Pretty fascinating.
Yeah, not just developing API strategy strategies to link things, but to also to actually incorporate all of these component parts into a, a you know a more cohesive platform approach. It is interesting to see uh, some of these are not what chess, I was expected. The, the chessboard is changing. No the chessboard is changing. It's moving around. Yeah. All right. Thank you, and uh, have a great time on vacation. Thanks. All right, before we uh, wrap the show and talk about next week, let's uh, hear from our final sponsor and I'll be right back. All right, so actually what we're gonna do next week is we're gonna kind of follow up on one of Howard's lead stories um, this week on the great resignation and the potential impact uh, on how we use space. And you know, there's a lot of hype out there. There's a lot of generalities being thrown around uh, and we're digging daily, trying to figure out the data behind this, this uh, supposedly great resignation. Are people truly leaving the workforce? Are they finding better jobs? Are they opting out to start their own companies? There are so many moving pieces, but we're all pretty confident that between what we went through with COVID and this reset of psychology, the great resignation, it's going to impact space. It's going to impact where it is, how it's used, how much we need. And uh, we're going to have Talia Fine from the Tanger Outlets, David Gasek from Gasek Consulting, who wrote the article uh, this week, and Amy St. Dennis from Dennis Consulting, who's out there uh, and has been working for years on placement of people in the real estate industry. And between these three people, we're not just going to talk about the great resignation, but we're going to talk about it heads, how it impacts very specifically the real estate industry. So with that, I want to say thank you, and we will see you next week. Be well and have a great weekend.